0: Hello and welcome to today's episode. I am Lucy Imanit aliou Well, ahead of the 2023 elections, political parties and candidates are busy developing their manifestos and plans on which they expect citizens to vote for them. Well, on Tuesday, 23rd May 2023, the ruling Australian People's Party, Australian People's Party presented the People's Manifesto in Kenema. It is expected that other political parties, including the main opposition APC, All People's Congress, would follow suits in the coming days and weeks. Well, almost a month after the release of the Biometer, a promise tracker developed by the Institute for Governance Reform, we wish to speak about manifestos generally and why they are important in this um, democratic process. And today, I have with me a special guest in the studio. Hello and welcome. Please introduce yourself.
1: Hello, Lucy. Uh, My name is Hassan. Hassan Kalon. I work for the Institute for Governance Reform. I'm a governance and democracy watcher.
0: Ah, welcome. Yes. So, as we dive in, um, and we're talking about Manifesto, what can we say is Manifesto for a start?
1: Um, I think, the you know, The whole concept of manifestos are very, very important, especially when we talk about political dispensations like ours. Um, Because when you look at Sierra Leone and you consider the fact that June 24th is the day we go to the polls, that's a very pivotal moment. It's a day Sierra Leoneans have to make a choice between either of which political parties or which candidates have the best program. So the manifesto is usually a document that embodies the aims, the policies, the aspirations of that government, or a political candidate for that matter. So, it could be anything from in school elections or maybe student union elections, you have a candidate and then the manifesto speaks to who you are, that is, tells people what you stand for, or then it goes into what are your plans and policies, what programs will you implement, how will you implement them when you are elected, and then Broadly it speaks to why should people vote for you? Why am I a more attractive proposition than the opposition? You know why me instead of the other person? So the manifesto broadly encapsulates all those those um, objectives in terms of why you, what are your programs and policies, and um, why you are attractive and what makes you stand out? Why should voters opt for you and not the other candidate?
0: All right. So, um, why um, can we say why is it important that parties um, develop manifestos?
1: Um, I think it's it's pretty standard that if we are to have policy based elections, I mean, which we've been advocating since, I mean, even before the citizens' manifesto prior to twenty eighteen. You remember we had the uh, standing together for for free, fair elections in this country. We had a consortium. Uh, one of the things that we've consistently advocated for is to have elections that are based on policy, that are grounded on, on solid programs. So candidates have to speak to the issues that matter to us on the economy, on jobs, on youth employment, those things. So if we are to have policy-based elections, then manifestos play a very, very important role. That's why today being May 25th, uh, we are barely a month to elections in this country, yeah. at this stage we should have had the major political parties and candidates coming out with their programs and policies, with their manifestos, yeah. letting us know what they have for Sierra Unions. Yeah. So it's not just speaking you know, rhetoric, saying okay when I come in I will change the economy in 10 days or in 15 days. It's really concretely what are your programs and policies? How will you get there? What are the steps you will take? That's, that's what the manifesto really speaks to. So the more we advocate for policy-based elections, the more we want citizens to know what candidates have or what political parties have, the more we talk about programs and policies, the more the need for parties to bring out those well in advance of elections so citizens can make a choice, an informed decision between candidates A or candidate B, between Samura Kamara or Bio, as the case may be, so it's, it's really, I think, we can't speak enough of the need for the manifestos to come out now and for parties to develop those. Because a manifesto can either be, it can be very aspirational. It can speak to long-term, what are the programs that you'll pursue. Um, it doesn't have to be unduly prescriptive. It doesn't have to say, okay, these are the resources that I will use. Because after the manifesto, you can now go into... The, the workable plans, yeah. sometimes you have medium medium-term development plans and and stuff like that, so the manifesto can actually be it can be disaggregated, it can be unpacked. You can have you know sub-components. So per sector, say basic education, what do I want to do there? What are the promises I'm making? Um, say youth em- em- empowerment, what are the promises I'm making? Say sports, what are the promises I'm making? The economy, so. It's it's all of those things that make it very, very important for candidates and the political parties in this country, especially as we approach the elections, the APC, the SLPP. And by the way, we must comment the ruling party, yeah, the Sierra People's Party, because just this week, yeah, they, they released their manifesto. Yeah,
0: and I was just going to ask, is there any particular timeline for parties to develop their manifestos and is it like we have a particular committee in Sierra Leone that reviews these manifestos in line with elections?
1: Um, on timelines, the answer is no. There is no prescribed timeline really in terms of which, which states that, okay, say one month to elections or two years to elections, the party should have had the manifesto ready. But ideally, I think, in order for the candidates, for, for citizens to understand And digest your policies, it's but fitting that you give them enough time to understand what those policies are. So if if it is one month to elections and up till now a lot of the parties don't have their manifestos out, then we should urge them, we should positively engage them, we should, you know, encourage them to come out and tell us, the citizens, what they have for us, what are their plans and policies on all the issues that are affecting us. Because let's face it. Sierra Leone is 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 afflicted by a lot of challenges, from the economy to power to youth employment. There are there are lots of issues, you know. But the more those parties come together, then uh, and let us know that these these are their programs, then people can understand. And then when people understand, they can reflect on this. That's even why. The other thing is, you are asking about whether there's there's a separate committee, and there is not, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what civil society can do, what we can do, is to constantly engage these parties, let them know the need for manifestos, the need for manifesto integrity. I mean, integrity speaks to staying true, staying loyal to your manifesto promises, making sure they mean something. So at the end of the day, it's not just a load of promises that mean nothing. It's something you can actually speak to. It's something you can follow. It's something that can be tracked. And at the end of the day, you are brought to account That's why we did a biometer recently, because the biometer was an attempt to make sure that President Bill's promises that he made to us in 2018 do not go by the wayside, that he knows we are watching. Citizens, we are taking notes, we are watching, and we encourage them as well. I mean, it's great that the SLPP has, has, you know, published their manifesto. In a bit we will talk about that, but it's also very important that the manifesto promises, those documents, those campaign materials are put out in a readily accessible format. In other countries, they even do it in prayer for people who are visually impaired. Um, In other countries, sometimes they do CDs, like um, you, you do a voice recording of those promises that you make and say, what do you have for people with disabilities? So mm-hmm. there are very many ways we can reach as many citizens as possible, and ensure the manifestos mean something. People vote on the basis of what policies and programs candidates have, rather than just supporting because you come from a certain region or because you are affiliated politically or ethnically with a particular party.
0: Yeah. So uh, what you just said that um, some countries um, do their manifestos in different. Um, um, medium so people can have access to it and as a member of the research team for the biometer, you all uh, placed the the biometer together do you actually think that citizens really have time or go through these manifestos
1: Um, the the answer is yes and no Um, yes because there are people who actually pay attention to the manifesto so I can tell you very many Sierra Leoneans are now waiting with bated breath for the release of the APC manifesto. A lot of Sierra Leoneans are digesting, at the moment, even as we speak, the contents of the SRPP manifesto. Now, unfortunately, as we've discovered you know to our cost, the, the reality in this country is that our elections are not really based on policies enough. Enough. We do not allow policies to dictate the trend of our our politics and our elections and it has to change and it will change because the more we talk about manifestos, the more we talk about how important they are, the more we talk about their centrality in elections, the more citizens understand that our elections have to be based on policies and programs. So it's it's no use um, just voting for a candidate because he comes from a certain region or he's head of a political party. You have to look at the record, the achievements of that candidate, if he's been in office before. If he has not, then what are his plans and programs? Say, look at the economy now. Let's ask the two candidates, the two leading, the SLPP and the APC, President Bio and Dr. Samura Kamara, what are your plans? What are your policies on the economy? How do you hope to change the economy? how do you hope to create 5,000 jobs, or 50,000 jobs Mm -hmm. in fact for young people, you know. So those are the, the hard questions as citizens we should be asking. And I think it behoves us as CSOs, as individuals, as citizens, because we are first and foremost citizens. That's our biggest currency in this country.
0: Exactly.
1: It's the one denominator that banks all of us. Yeah. So we have to ensure it counts and it means something. We have to ensure that Sierra Leone... Sierra Leone's prosperity, Sierra Leone's development, Sierra Leone's future prospects are dependent on the choices we make today and tomorrow. And that starts with making sure that our votes matter. And our votes can only matter when our elections matter. And our elections can only matter when they are based on policies and programs. Mm -hmm. And that's why we need to pay attention to manifestos.
0: All right, so let's talk about the development of, of manifestos. What strategies or techniques do you think should go into the development of party
1: manifestos? Um, so usually manifesto developments are internal processes that every party undertakes, you know, based on its own configuration. But broadly speaking, first you'll have, like, maybe a small committee. Usually they, they will constitute maybe a manifesto committee made up of uh, eminent men and women people knowledgeable in various sectors, because what you don't want is people of a certain mindset, or just one particular sector just coming in and developing a manifesto. You want a broad-based team, a team that is multifunctional, that is multidisciplinary. And then the next thing that you look at is, then you identify the broad strands of the manifesto. What issues, what sectors are you going to concentrate on? The economy and jobs. Uh, health and sanitation, human capital development, as the case may be. So you can go on to a range of sectors. And then you could could also hold consultations with different groups. So, for instance, you would expect that the APC and the SLPP, being these mammoth political institutions, they would hold maybe consultations with different groups, with young people, with women, with uh, civil society, as the case may be just to see what input we can get from different constituencies. But it's not a given that they have to consult from outside their party. I mean, if it's done, that's really a best-case scenario and it's something other people can learn from. But ideally, whole consultations from different sectors, even if it's within the party, from the youth group, from the women's groups, how do we get better? What are the gaps? How do we improve going forward? And then you can start developing. That's the design. Now the design has to take into consideration the who we are. That is, as an institution or as a party, what do we stand for? What are our guiding principles? What are our core values? And then you go into the substantive, substantive content of the manifesto. Mm. So
0: the basic- substantive
1: content now we look at the, the different sectors, the promises, and maybe as in the case of the SLPP, maybe some of the achievements that you think you've recorded in different sectors as well as maybe reflections going forward so there is no uh, you know like a strict text to follow but one thing that has to be very very explicit is that the manifesto must be crisp it must it must, it must speak you know directly there's no use having uh, promises that are vague that are ambiguous, yeah. that are loosely worded, because at the end of the day, you want citizens to vote for you on the basis of these promises, yeah. and if people do not understand them, then they are worthless as the paper they are written on. Yeah, and
0: with the help of the Bi- the Biometer, we saw lots of vague promises. Whoa. <laughs> yeah,
1: we did, we did, <laughs> and we uh, we are hoping that that's one of the advocacy that we've been launching that we've we've con- constantly harped on, mm-hmm. is the need for parties to ensure that not only do manifesto promises speak to the issues that matter, but they are also worded in such a way that citizens can track them, can understand, because the promise should be measurable. I mean, like I said, it doesn't have to be overly prescriptive. Obviously, after the manifesto, you can now have another document that unpacks, you know, what do you mean by this promise or that promise? But if it is very loosely worded and vague, then... People will struggle to understand, ultimately, and then it defeats its purpose, you know.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, and just in line with what we're discussing, what can you say are the do's and don'ts in framing a manifesto?
1: So, do's and don'ts. One, be very specific. Do. Be specific. Be clear. Be precise. Uh, speak about the issues that matter. You know, if you want to talk about your identity and your structure and your organization, do that. But don't spend too much time speaking about yourself. Because at the end of the day, what you want to do is to sell yourself in a very positive way to the citizen, to make them understand that I am a better candidate, better in inverted commas. I am a better candidate than the other. I am a more attractive proposition, like I have said, than the other candidate. So, you want to sell yourself, you want to sell your story. But more, more importantly, it's selling the content of your message. The message speaks more than anything else. So, your, your message has, has to be crisp, it has to be clear, it must be unambiguous, yeah. it must be measurable. Because we must, and, and this is something we want to tell parties that we're here to stay, we'll be watching will be with you every step of the way. In fact, this is our business. Because at the end of the day, Sierra Leone is for Sierra Leoneans. And Sierra Leoneans have to care about the issues that matter to them. So if you make um, hundreds of promises, say you're going to do A or B or C, and then you think you'll just get away with them. No, you won't. Because we'll go back and we'll check. I will hold you to account for those promises. So do's and don'ts, Um, the don'ts are really, avoid those things that we've said, you know, don't be too loose, and you don't have to be verbose, because there's no use, you know, engaging on SRI verbiage. you know. It's not a test of how strong your analytical skills are. It's really, the material has to speak to people. So it must be accessible, it must be understandable, it must be reader-friendly, you know, so, Sometimes you can even talk about um, infographics, having pictures, graphs, things ordinary citizens can interact with, can understand. Because let's face it, in Sierra Leone, our population is largely illiterate. So the more, and that's why I I kept, I I was talking earlier about making sure we translate the manifesto promises into other forms Mm -hmm. that people can understand. Because if, if citizens do not understand the manifesto promises, then we might as, as well not conduct any elections. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because it's not really... It shouldn't be... The election shouldn't be a popularity contest. It should be a strength of... A test of what your messages are. What's the content of your message? What are your policies and programs? And at the end of the day, it's a marketplace of ideas. Citizens get a, get a chance to vote. To make a choice. An objective... An informed choice, on the basis of what you've promised, and then they will have to decide. Yeah,
0: so talking about citizens, how should citizens interact with political party manifestos?
1: Um, I think citizens have a lot to do with political party uh, manifestos, and maybe going forward, that's something that I see opportunities for civil society, I see opportunity for the universities, I see opportunity for other institutions, Uh, even... um, Um, state institutions that work on democracy and human rights and stuff because an informed citizenry is an empowered citizenry and an empowered citizenry contributes actively to the development of the state or nation so going forward we expect citizens to ask hard questions first understand what is in the manifesto if a candidate goes to you and says I need your votes please ask them what are your plans? What are your plans and programs on, say, basic education, on health and sanitation, on increasing jobs? I mean, so for instance, the the SLPP has committed itself to creating more jobs in the next few years. So we should be interested as citizens in asking, how do you want to create those jobs? In which sectors? Which sort of jobs? Because it's well and good saying, I will create jobs. Yeah. But if, are, they, are they jobs in which people will be gain, gainfully employed? I mean, we know the state of inflation in this country. The other day, the youth ministry has been parading, talking about issues around uh, car wash and all. So are those the sort of jobs that we want to create? So those are the questions we have to ask. So as citizens, I think it behoves us, it's, it's incumbent on us, it's our responsibility to ask those questions and to study them. Where you don't understand, you can either come to us or ask the candidate who comes to you. First, ask them on the content. But if they are they are really nagging questions, then we should be in the position to ask. And then the media. I mean, for far too long, the media really should set the pace. You know, being the fourth estate of the realm, there is a lot that the media in Sierra Leone can do. So the media has to take up the issue of manifestos and ensure that not only do we ask those questions that matter, but we ensure that manifestos play a role of centrality. They, they should be pivoted to these elections. I know we're still waiting, like I said, for the other parties to publish their manifestos, but we will encourage them to please do that. You know, take the people of Sierra Leone seriously, because it speaks to seriousness. It speaks to the fact that you need our votes. And when you need our votes, let us know you need them. Please tell us why your programs are, why your policies, why your plans and aims, and you know those things. Let us know, then we can be in a good position to choose. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. So, lastly, tell us um, on your thoughts on the the new direction SFP manifesto.
1: Um, you know, just I'll preface my comments on the new direction manifesto by saying. That we want to applaud them. We want to congratulate them for letting the citizens, the people of this country, know what they aim to do in the last, in the next five years. Um, that's that's. I think that speaks to all the things that we're saying, because at the end of the day, you have to let people know. Um, but we will be doing a more comprehensive critique of the SLPP manifesto once the APC manifesto is out. In fact, what we aim to do is is have a comparative analysis of both, in terms of their different sectors, sectoral promises, and, and the, as the case may be. But just uh, my initial impressions of it, are at first it, it looks, I think compared to the 2018 manifesto, it looks a bit more well-structured. Um, again, these are not really substantive comments, just initial impressions on, on the basis of what we've seen. It looks a bit more well structured. You see they have the five, in their own words, five big game changers. Hopefully they will be game changers. They will be transformative. Um, They have made a good attempt of, you remember when I said the manifesto has to have some confidence about yourself, who you are? They made some attempt to situate themselves, you know, as a party. What's the history of the SLPP? What's their ethos? their guiding principles and values. And then they've gone on to look at, in every sector, what are, they look at some policy context, and then their achievements. Again, that is up to us now, as citizens, let's go back and interrogate some of those achievements and ask ourselves, have they done a good enough job there? And then they've made promises. Um, interestingly, one of the things, apart from a few typos that I, I noticed, but one of the things I saw is that um, they've recycled some of the promises. So for instance, when you look at agriculture and stuff, there are a few that were in the 2018 manifesto that have been carried over, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's like a carryover in the university. If you, if you took a course and you failed it, or you didn't pass, or you didn't pass satisfactorily enough, you could carry it over and then see maybe you'll have a pass grade now so like i said we we are cognizant of the fact that and we must we must we are very guided in the things we're saying now that we'll be doing a more detailed analysis on the slpp manifesto but just on the whole it it's it reads well it reads well and then they try to end up on okay the shocks and all and what are the implications going forward so on the whole it doesn't it doesn't read badly so we will be doing a more deep dive and hopefully once the apc manifesto is out then we'll do that critical analysis and let citizens know what are our thoughts and impressions all right
0: so thank you very much for being here today with
1: us uh thank you so much thank you so much i'm I'm glad uh, you had me thank you for having me I'm looking forward to a lot more conversations on The Manifesto and other issues.
0: Well, that's how we end today's episode. Until next time, I have been Lucy Imanetali.